Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the world and the universe. Welcome to Quantum Living, a mysterious dimension at the intersection of science and spirituality, where anything can happen. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for joining me on this quantum journey as I continue lifting the veil of other dimensions and realities to make them a part of our life. As always, please take away from the show only what resonates with you and discard the rest or put it aside for later. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome to Quantum Living. Today we have a special guest with whom I'll be talking about one of my favorite topics, intuitive energy healing. This is a great example of the interaction of the subtle, high-frequency energies and matter, which of course is also energy, just vibrating at a lower frequency. So I'm really talking here about our perception. Once we accept that everything is energy, which by now is a well-understood concept, we can learn how to work with energy to induce healing by entraining the lower vibrations of the body with the higher vibrations of the quantum field directed by the healer. Of course, we are really talking about healing of the mind, body and soul as the multi-layer energy infused with consciousness, as that's who we truly are. Intuitive energy healing involves a conscious connection with the spirit, the quantum field, which guides the healer through the healing process. Reiki is one of such energy healing modalities, and I can't wait to talk about it, amongst many other fascinating topics, with my guest, whom I'd like to introduce to you now, and welcome to my show. Erin Moore is an intuitive Reiki therapist and writer based in New York who specializes in supporting highly sensitive people on their spiritual path. She uses energy healing, nutrition, and intuitive tools to help empaths develop self-acceptance, empowerment, and healing. Erin holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology and a Master's degree in Health Communication and is a certified Reiki practitioner holistic health coach and end-of-life doula. Her interests include the Earth's energy shifts, past lives and the role of nutrition in the healing process, which she writes about in her blog. Hello Erin, welcome to Quantum Living. It's lovely to have you here and thank you for joining me in this magical space. Hi Anna, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. I can't wait to talk about Reiki, but Let's start from the beginning. How did you find yourself on this path of intuitive energy healing? Yes. Well, beautiful question. So I remember even as a little girl, you know, being highly sensitive, feeling a lot of emotions and energies, not only mine, but of my family members, for example, and just being really kind of overwhelmed energetically. You know, I had fear of the dark. I remember being, um, you know, having anxiety at bedtime. And a big part of that was that I was seeing, you know, I was seeing things, I was seeing beings, I was seeing energies. And so, you know, I was just um, very empathic from the beginning as a lot of, you know, intuitive children are. And 
a lot of babies and children actually remember what it was like beyond the veil. You know, they're closer to their incarnation into this physical space. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a lot of great books and, you know, resources out there about that nowadays. Um, But yeah, so for me, you know, I had that going on and then at some point, I would say probably between ages like five and 10, I kind of shut those abilities down, you know, and I've seen that template be common um, in a lot of other folks that I've met and worked with as well. And so I would say, you know, my my abilities and my sensitivity kind of went latent, you know, for, for a bit, for many years. And then later I had some catalyzing events in my life that brought back my, you know, spiritual journey kind of reawakening and an exploration of these abilities. One of which was an early loss of my mom um, when I was a teenager. And then I also had um, a big relationship breakup, you know, as many of us do and, you know, sort of pivot moments in my life that sort of triggered me to go within more deeply and, you know, um, seek out, you know, help. And I, you know, I, I've done traditional therapy, I've done, you know, Reiki and breath work and yoga. And so I was on my own deep journey for many years. And I would say that throughout it, I did sense that I had a deeper purpose here, but initially I thought it was kind of more about my own, you know, healing. And then, you know, then I started having more spiritual experiences. I started having, um, noticing, you know, feeling like vibrations in my hands, for example. And, you know, even before I did my Reiki trainings, I felt energy coming out of my hands and I had, you know, some people in my life reflect that to me, you know, um, mentors and people that saw that in me. And, you know, that really helped encourage me along my own path. And then also ultimately, you know, stepping out and and helping others. So, yeah, many, many facets to the journey, but that's sort of a, a synopsis. Thank you. And how long ago did you start? this work that you are doing now, which we'll talk about more, obviously. Yeah. So my, my business centered one, I actually incorporated that right at the beginning of the pandemic, ironically. So it was early 2020. It was just right as we were kind of moving into this massive planetary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, shift and challenge. So that was interesting timing. And um, although before that I was doing, you know, some of this type of work just sort of on the side a bit and, you know, for friends and family, but I've been doing it more um, officially and for clients for, you know, since for about a year and a half, I would say. Okay. So what does it mean to be an empath and how do you support people who are empaths on their journey? Yes. Thank you for asking. So empath is a, is um, a common term used nowadays and, you know, one sort of definition of it is a constellation of traits. It's thought to be about 20% of the population who, you know, basically our sensitivity level, our level of perception is just a bit higher, you know, a bit deeper and higher, more intense than say the average person. So for some folks, that's more about their emotions, for example, you know, it can be just feeling emotions very strongly and deeply. Um, For others like me, you know, sometimes it involves even, you know, other realms or seeing energy, feeling energy and, you know, um, being oftentimes energetically or emotionally overwhelmed in life, you know, whether it's being around other people or, um, 
you know, in crowds. And so it's, it's a very, it's a gift, but until you kind of learn what it is and how to kind of manage and embrace it, I would say, and and I speak for myself too, it did feel a bit almost like a curse, you know, because, Mm. or, or just a challenge, you know, because it's, it's a lot to be here on this dense earth and, and have even more, you know, perception. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for explaining this because a common understanding of the term empath is that they are people who are simply very sensitive to other people's emotions. But it is much more than that, because as you just explained, it is about being sensitive to other energies, to other realities, to other frequencies, not just other people's feelings and emotions. But if you are, if you don't have this level of sensitivity, I think it would be difficult for you to, to develop it, or maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great a great point. You know, I think that in in theory, you know, anybody can develop their intuition and their, you know, awareness, but I do agree that some people including usually empaths, highly sensitive people kind of come into this earth inherently with a stronger connection to that. You know, and so and and to your point, I, you know, I think even though in theory also anybody could, for example, you know, study Reiki and become a practitioner, I think those of us who have that stronger, um, mm. you know, sensitivity, it's yeah. it comes more naturally or more drawn to it, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So how do you help people who are empaths and feel overwhelmed perhaps and don't quite know how to manage this ability <laughs> and they don't have clear boundaries. How do you help them? What are the key steps that they can take to ensure that they can be effective in their energy healing and at the same time, not to overload their own system? Yes. Thank you for asking. Great question. Um, I think the first step is sort of the acknowledgement of it, you know, I mean, just sort of, and a lot of people, you know, it is much more common nowadays to kind of hear these terms and, and be familiar with it. But a lot of people, you know, either aren't familiar with it or don't haven't fully kind of embraced or accepted that they are that or that that's what's happening for them. And so I find the first step sometimes is, you know, education or awareness about like, this is what's going on with you. And I think that a big part of what I do often is just kind of hold space for people of seeing that mirror reflection back, you know, because I understand so deeply the challenges and the, you know, the struggles and also the gifts of it. So, you know, just holding space, I would say, and bringing that awareness is, would be the first step often. Mm. And then, you know, and because I think, you know, being seen and, and having that awareness of what's going on with us is so healing and profound, you know, even just that alone can just, I've noticed people have, can have massive shifts just from that. And so um, I try to, you know, just bring a very loving kind of space of acceptance and kind of, I see you, you know, I mean, I even, I, I, my my most recent blog post, I, um, that was the first sentence. I wrote, I see you, you know, because I I think a lot of us, we don't feel seen. Learn more about quantum living, a cutting edge approach to self-empowerment and emotional freedom at the intersection of science and spirituality. It is the master key to understanding how life works and gives you many tools and strategies to change your life experiences. 
whether dealing with emotional addictions, relationship issues, self-sabotage blocking the progress and achievement in your life, or any other challenge. Quantum living is the space you want to be in. My Quantum Living coaching program is as psychological, spiritual, and esoteric as it is educational and practical. In the advanced stage of the program, I will take you on a quantum soul journey in a deep theta state to other dimensions and realities, which is an amazing and profound experience. I also invite you to sign up for Quantum Talk, my free monthly newsletter with a blog, updates and special offers. When you do, you will instantly receive a download copy of my book, The Seven Keys to Quantum Communication, absolutely free. To book your free diagnostic session and receive your free book, visit quantumliving.com.au today. You'll be glad you did. Yes. So is there something that one can switch it on and off? Yeah. So, so yeah. And so, and, and to your point of the question before too, I think that relates to it in terms of boundaries. So, you know, mm. um, I think a big part of it is it, that was my journey. And also I help, help others with is boundaries and all the different, you know, manifestations of them. So on one level, we have energetic boundaries, which helps kind of protect us and keep us sovereign in our energy field and in our power. Um, and, you know, it can be simple tools like imagining yourself in a bubble of light, you know, in the mm-hmm. morning or, you know, so sometimes I help guide people through, um, simple kind of intentions and energy, you know, whether it's meditations or just a a quick kind of exercise or tool that they can do. Sometimes it's even if they're, you know, very spiritual, which often my clients are, you know, maybe they want to call on um, a spirit guide or Archangel Michael Mm -hmm. or, you know, a a being to kind of support them through that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's energy tools like that, you know, that are important, I think at all times, but especially say, for example, before they may go out in the world to meet with someone or even on a zoom, you know, technology as well. It's um, having that intention helps, you know, just the clarity and the keep ourselves in our power. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that piece. And then of course there's physical boundaries, you know, and I think um, my psychology background helps with that too. And then my own experience, I mean, I know for me, a lot of empaths really struggle with setting boundaries, you know, because it's about the self-worth and the, you know, learning that we can and, you know, not, we don't want to should on ourselves, but it's, it's often serves us to put ourselves first, for mm. example. And, you know, how do we feel like, do you really want to do that task? Do you really want to, you know, does it feel right to you to go do that favor for somebody or, you know, do your emails at this time, you know, just kind of the, the navigation of our, what feels good to us and putting ourselves in that, you know, place of power. So, um, and then, yeah, saying no, you know, it's the, the, the age old saying no is a complete sentence, you know, it's, um, you know, and, and a lot of empaths have a lot of guilt. I mean, and non-empaths too, you know, can feel that sort of fear or shame or guilt around having a boundary of just, you know, working through that. So, 
it can trigger a lot of old traumas, you know, and it can just bring up a lot for people. So that's a big part of it too. And allowing the emotions to come up, allowing the, you know, the, maybe there's past memories, you know, whether it's from childhood or um, even past lives, sometimes working through what's coming up to then ultimately get to the other side of empowerment and more clarity to move forward. Absolutely. Now, you are a certified Reiki practitioner. And as I said um, at the beginning, I find Reiki fascinating as a healing modality. And I know that quite a lot of people have completed uh, the Reiki training in various shapes and forms. Could you tell us what is Reiki to begin with? How does it work? And how did you train to be a Reiki practitioner? Yes. So Reiki is one of the more common of the energy healing modalities, and it's a beautiful ancient lineage of healing. And there's actually even within Reiki, several lineages. Um, the one that I trained in is from Japan and, um, the, the the word Reiki actually means universal life force energy is, is what that means translated. And so it's the idea that there's this intelligent healing light that's available to us. And me as a practitioner, you know, I'm the conduit. So, you know, it's, it's, through the attunements and the training that I received, you know, part of it is, is of course, studying and learning and then, you know, practicing. But the other part is receiving what they call an attunement from the Reiki master, the teacher. And I received mine when I was living in San Francisco, California, a few years ago. And it was just a beautiful experience. I did part of it um, as a, a, a private one-on-one -on -one training. And then the second part was a group. And so, you know, there's teachers all over the world. And I think that like, to your, as you were saying, you know, anybody can, can in theory go through that, you know, experience, but I do feel that it's a calling, you know, for me, it felt very um, much of a deep part of my my path to do that. And, you know, even before I did Reiki, like I said, I was having some of those experiences with energy coming out of my hands. And so it was already kind of flowing. And I'm also an initiate in a different lineage of healing as well. But Reiki is the main one and it's sort of the simplest way to describe it. So, um, but but yeah, so it's the idea that, you know, now that I'm an attuned practitioner, so I you know, set up, there, there's a whole sort of process that I go through before, you know, I meet with the client, I meditate and, and actually before I even tap into the Reiki energy, you know, I meditate and I sometimes receive messages for people. And I sometimes even get, you know, different beings coming in. And if, if the client's interested, I will share, you know, any messages. Um, but yeah, there, there's a process that I go through and there's symbols with Reiki. So part of it is, is sort of drawing the symbols um, energetically. And part of it, I draw the symbols on my hands. And then sometimes I draw it over if I'm doing remote Reiki, for example, I'll draw the symbol over the person's name prior to the session. And so it kind of is bringing forth that healing light. And then during the session, you know, after I kind of connect with the client, we'll chat a bit, they can share whatever they might want to share about, you know, where, what they're struggling with or any intentions. And then they'll either lie down or they sit in a receptive state and it works just as well remotely. Um, sometimes I describe it as, um, 
location agnostic, you know, because it's energy. So it travels. So, you know, which is beautiful in this day and age, of course, a lot of us are on zoom. And so I have clients all over the world, um, which is beautiful. And so, yeah. And so then they just, you know, I just kind of guide them through usually a short meditation to ground their body, you know, into the earth plane and, and then, you know, settle in and then just open up to receive. And so I basically, you know, it's, it's kind of the way I see it is I I feel it and see it often coming down from above through my um, crown chakra and down and then through my arms and hands. And so then I direct the energy towards the client and, you know, I kind of move around intuitively. So, because I see and feel energy, sometimes I'm guided to, you know, a certain chakra. So it's, you know, the seven um, energy centers in the body. And that's how I often see the energy and what's going on with somebody. So, you know, then I'll just kind of, yeah, it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Coming back to a Reiki training for a moment, why do you need attunement and what is it exactly? Yes. So in my personal opinion, we don't need it. I mean, I think there's a lot of value in some of these systems and, you know, structures for, especially for spiritual modalities, which, you know, sort of by definition, sometimes have fewer structures or, you know, sort of concrete organization. But, and like I said, you know, for me, I was already having the energy flowing through my hands even before Reiki. And I think that there's a lot of value in, you know, learning and working with a mentor and group work. And, you know, I like the, you know, the fact of, you know, that I'm certified now. And I think that everyone kind of needs to find the path that resonates with them. But I do believe that a lot of us who are called to some sort of healing work or life purpose that, you know, we don't necessarily need, you know, quote unquote, need to have a certain type of, you know, training or um, course, if you will. But I think it contributes to, of course, our personal development and growth and, you know, um, evolution. So I recommend, I recommend it, but I would say that, you know, and I even mentioned this actually on my website when I have my short synopsis about Reiki in that I, I just encourage people to find a practitioner that resonates with them and, it's not just about whatever training they have, in my opinion. I think it's also about their energy and, you know, are they in integrity? You know, are they taking care of themselves in their life? Are they, you know, of course, no one's perfect. We're all human, but are we, do they have a healthy, you know, sort of lifestyle or, you know, things like that. So I think that can just be, that can be just as important as, you know, an attunement or a degree, for example. Mm. So how can Reiki session help us? What exactly does it do and uh, does it help us or does it heal our physical state, our mental state, our spiritual state? Yes. Yeah, so in my opinion, you know, and as you, 
as you mentioned before, you know, with your show, which I love how you mentioned the intersection of science and spirituality, you know, as quantum physics shows us, you know, everything is made of energy. So whether that's a physical item, you know, like the, the chair we're sitting in or our thoughts and beliefs and our body. So sometimes I describe Reiki as treating energy with energy. And so when you look at it that way, you know, in my view, it can get to the root of, you know, issues, whether they're physical, emotional, spiritual. Um, but, you know, of course, I'm not a medical, you know, doctor or professional. So I do always, you know, encourage people to, you know, see a psychologist or a doctor. You know, I do have my psychology degree, but I'm also not, you know, a, um, a licensed psychologist. So, but having said that, you know, Reiki can really help. I've seen Reiki help all sorts of, you know, people and concerns, whether it's physical symptoms, you know, like migraines, for example, or um, depression, you know, anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a couple of examples uh, of uh, such outcomes with your clients, perhaps any more complex healing, if you can, if you can recall. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're all very complex, you know, it's oftentimes not super straightforward, right? Because we're complex beings. Um, But, you know, one beautiful theme actually that I've noticed recently in, in clients that are drawn to me are actually women who have lost babies or, you know, had miscarriages. And it's a combination of what I've seen the Reiki session help with is on one hand, help them with the grief, you know, just me kind of, you know, holding space for them, seeing them and, you know, creating this sacred space where they can, you know, feel their feelings, feel their grief, shed some tears. Um, so part of it is like the emotional healing and the grief release can mm-hmm. just be extremely powerful. And then the other aspect of it is the spiritual side. So often I've noticed that the the souls of the the babies come mm. in actually during the session and right. at times I actually experience the exact thing that they experience, you know, if if they're particularly open energetically. So that's one one beautiful example of how Reiki can be very healing. Would you like to learn how to meditate in Theta, the optimum frequency you can have in a meditative state? By popular demand, I have created an instructional Theta meditation package containing a guided audio meditation and an introduction booklet. It is a unique, one-of-a-kind resource that will help you achieve and maintain the elusive Theta state throughout your meditation and will give you the important background information about Theta Meditation and this process. For more details, please go to the store on my website at quantumliving.com.au. Yes, thank you for sharing. Is energy healing always intuitive? Because there are two levels to energy healing one is the actual energy being transferred from the quantum field to the patient 
But there was another aspect which is intuitive healing. As I understand, it is about being consciously connected with the spirit or with the quantum field, whatever name you choose to use, and receiving uh, specific information and instructions about the patients and how to and what to do during the healing process. So could you talk to this aspect for a bit? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, I think every Reiki practitioner is different. So some practitioners are very intuitive and use that as part of it, like I do, and then some don't as much. And I think even if even if they don't, it's still very profound. But for me personally, it's been a huge part of, of my journey and then my client sessions. And I've actually found that through offering sessions to clients, my own intuition and my own clear senses, you know, the, the senses outside of our five senses, mine have actually strengthened and come online even stronger. So for me, they are always intuitive and, you know, but I do always ask the client, you know, I don't share anything unless they would like to hear, you know, what intuitive information I've seen or heard for them, of course. So I, you know, I always ask, but I almost always, you know, receive a yes. And they're, they're interested in, in hearing, you know, what I saw and what I felt for them. Okay. Beautiful. You are also a holistic health coach and you have training in health and nutrition, and you also write about it in your blog. So could you tell us how do nutrition and superfoods in particular relate to energy healing and what's their role in it? Yes. So I actually just had a little Instagram live the other day where I talked about this. And, you know, as as you know, you know, our energy body and our healing journey, you know, part of that is, of course, our physical body, you know, we're in a human body. And I, I am a certified holistic health coach. So I've studied nutrition, and I've always been fascinated by health and wellness and, you know, lifestyle choices. And so I do bring that in with clients sometimes, you know, if they're interested, or if I intuitively feel, you know, that perhaps making some changes for them would really, you know, support their, their healing or their increased energy, for example. And so, you know, a lot of empaths I've noticed, including myself, are sensitive to certain foods or ingredients such as gluten or dairy, for example. Um, it can, the way I, and the way I see it, energetically is it can kind of clog our chakras a bit, you know, at times. And so I've never been one to espouse, you know, anything extreme, you know, I I've never personally completely cut out anything, for example, but I do, um, for, you know, I do limit gluten and dairy and, and foods like that. And I tend to recommend that for clients. And I also recommend at times adding in highly nutritious foods, you know, whether that's things like green tea or kale that can really boost our aura and our energy field and help with the boundaries as an empath. So I have found certain, you know, foods and drinks can su really support us in that. And I also work with a superfood company, an organic company. I personally take some of their supplements, like a probiotic, for example. And, you know, I have just found a lot of um, amazing benefits in myself. So I, at times recommend those to my clients as well, just as another supportive layer, you know, to their, to their journey. And it can really change your energy. You know, our food, when we eat something, of course, you know, it's going into our body, it's kind of 
turning into ourselves and it's coming out, you know, through our, our thoughts, mm. our poop, our, you know, our <laughs> everything, the way I see it. So, yeah. Absolutely. What do you think about eating meat or animal products while doing spiritual work or healing work? What's, what's the effect of that? Because a lot of people say, and in fact, I tend to think along these lines as well, and I feel it actually, <laughs> I don't eat meat myself. I, and I feel that when we consume denser products or foods of dense, not only physically denser, but those that have lower frequency or lower energy, such as animal products, do tend to lower our own vibrations. And so I feel much better when I don't eat meat. I might have some fish every so often, but I tend to stay away from animal products. And I feel that sticking to plant foods helps raise my vibrations and helps my energy expand. So could you talk to this for a moment as an expert? Yes, Anna. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I I completely agree. You know, I, I do occasionally eat animal products, but I feel that it's very common as, you know, a, being sensitive and or embarking on some sort of healing or spiritual journey that a lot of folks start to notice that they feel a bit weighed down, you know, and, and like to your point, lowering of the, the vibration with animal products. And I think, you know, part of it is, you know, it can get very, very complicated, but as, as we know, you know, the food supply can be very, um, you know, contaminated in a sense. And sometimes, you know, the animals mm -hmm. have been mistreated, you know, for example, and when you're really sensitive, yes. you may feel that, you know, you literally. Absolutely. Yeah. Fear, fear of the animal being slaughtered. Yes. The pain, the fear. And, you know, so I think that, you know, everyone kind of has to find what works for them. You know, bio-individuality is a good term about, you know, how we're all different. And, you know, I, I find that some folks are fine eating, a, you know, some animal protein, for example. Some people do okay with dairy. I actually have a blog about dairy too, that, you know, everyone's different, but I would completely agree with you overall that in general, I really recommend that people you know, move more plant-based and, you know, perhaps cut back a bit, even if you don't feel called to completely cut anything out, you know, you can start to add in, you know, whether it's superfoods like spirulina, which are amazing, or just more, you know, fruits and vegetables, strawberries, salad into your daily life, you're going to naturally have less cravings, you know, for foods like perhaps meat or dairy, but also most people I've noticed like you said, feel better, you know, just more energy, you feel lighter. And I think, and also, of course, as we know, our, just our cardiovascular health improves drastically often when we move more plant-based, you know, nutrition's very powerful. It can really heal a lot of conditions actually, you know, and a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of people are learning that now, you know, there's, there's a lot more out there now and people are having amazing shifts from these types of changes.
Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's move on to another subject. You write in your blog about the current spiritual energy shifts. And I, as I understand, um, that blog, or at least part of it, of your writing, is channeled. Could you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, thank you for asking. So I, as you know, a lot of... Um, spiritual practitioners have kind of received messages or intuitions around what's happening right now. And, you know, we're, we're going through this massive planetary shift and awakening and, you know, a lot more people are kind of being called to a spiritual path or just a shift in perspective. And, you know, the pandemic is just one aspect of it, but towards the beginning of it last year, I received a series of downloads about it and, you know, one of them was around this, this shift and how it connects to, in a symbolic way, the, the tower card in tarot, which is sort of the idea of the old crumbling, you know, it's like to, to prepare for a new earth or to prepare for a new sort of world in whatever way that manifests, the old has to, you know, often fall away. And that process can be very painful and, you know, traumatic and messy. And as, you know, as we're seeing in so many different ways in the world right now. And so that's, you know, one aspect of what's happening. And the age of Aquarius is kind of part of it that other people have spoken about as well. But I feel that we're moving into that, which is sort of a new era for the planet. And part of my blog too was, this idea that mother earth Gaia has a consciousness. That's what I feel, you know, and, and part of the message that I received there was around just mindfulness about, you know, our consumption of mother earth and, you know, the way that the environment has been suffering and, and also just, you know, reliance on technology and, you know, technology has amazing and has afforded us so much, you know, but there's also a flip side of that, you know, at times. And so that's part of it. Another piece that kind of downloaded to me was around a shift in the way that humanity is operating. And so, you know, it, we're in this process right now, you know, we're not there yet in my opinion, but it's this idea that we're shifting from the root shocker, which is kind of more about competition, survival, and, you know, that fear energy moving ultimately more into our heart chakra, which is, you know, compassion and humanity for, for each other. Yeah. It's, so it can be a long, a long process, but I, I feel that we're in that. Yeah. And I feel quite strongly that, and I've also have uh, written about, and in fact, I did a podcast on the, on the pandemic that the current pandemic is a part of this process. And in fact, it is most likely the most important or the most significant, I should say, part of this transition process. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I completely agree on, on so many levels, you know, and, and as we all know, there's just so many layers to it, you know, but mm. one, one layer in my view is, it's sort of pushing people into a deeper kind of reflection or, yeah. you know, whether it's in quarantine, you know, being, being by yourself and just forced to kind of ponder like what really matters to me or, yes. you know, what do I really want to do with my life? Um, but it's certainly not easy. <laughs> yes, it's not easy, but there is hope. And I think more than hope, there is a, well, 
the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not the lights of the incoming train, as, as people say. <laughs> but there is an end that we can look forward to. Now, how long all this transformation will take, that part we don't know. And to me, this is the most difficult part of going through any difficulty and a challenging situation is not just coping with that situation, but not knowing when it will end. That lack of certainty. And in fact, that could very well be a number of potential futures, a number of different outcomes, depending on how we go through this process. Don't you think? Yes. Yes, I completely agree. You know, it's that idea of timelines. You know, maybe there's five possible timelines that we could move through depending on how things go. And and I agree the uncertainty is often what's the most challenging, you know, and and I do believe that um this is all for a purpose, you know, as everything is, and that we are, like you said, we're going to get through this and there's, there's a brighter future ahead, but we don't know, you know, we don't know exactly when, and it can, it can certainly be, you know, difficult to kind of not know how it's exactly going to play out. Um, Mm. An interesting part actually, you know, that I learned recently was that are, well, actually, I think it's the US, but multiple countries have a similar trajectory in terms of the Pluto return. Like in astrology, there's actually charts for each country. And a lot of countries are, mm-hmm. um, I know the US anyway, I, I believe, and I think some other countries are, you know, parallel in terms of this strong Pluto energy, which is, of course, about death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those transits are really strong in 2022, like even stronger than this year. So that's mm. in- interesting to learn about, you know, mm. different aspects. Yes. So could you tell us more about the services that you offer and whether they are face to face or also online? Yes. Thank you for asking. So currently all my services are online. I, I, I guess I have done a few in person more recently, but I'm moving, you know, back to mostly online. Um, I do, you know, but I've, I've been really amazed and blown away at how the sessions are just as powerful remotely, you know, because, because it's energy, because it's communication, you know, um, sometimes it's a bit of talk therapy, you know, as well, it's really just as effective, you know, over zoom. So the, the main offering that I have is, is the intuitive Reiki sessions where, you know, we'll, we'll touch base and then I facilitate the Reiki energy coming through for the client. And then we'll, we'll touch base and debrief at the end of the session as well. And then I, I also do offer card readings. So that's kind of just a fun way to play with energy and, um, you know, look at sort of, um, the possible trajectory. Okay. Yeah. Of w- so that's tarot readings. Yes, mm-hmm. I have tarot and oracle cards that I okay. that I and and actually occasionally if people are interested during you know at the beginning of a Reiki session I'll pull a card if somebody would like as well mm-hmm. and it's sort of a fun way to play with intuition and to see you know if somebody my opinion is that we always have free will you know we can change our trajectory and our thoughts and our beliefs but it's kind of a magical mirror to show us like here's where we are about this you know we you can mm-hmm. ask a question and and you know there's beautiful symbolism and, you know, archetypes on the cards. So yes, that's fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I do have the, you know, I do have the 
the health coaching as well. And so that's um, another offering. If somebody, you know, I usually mix it in honestly with, with the other sessions, but if somebody's more interested in, you know, more of the, the nutrition side specifically, I do do sessions around that as well. Beautiful. Thank you. So Erin, what would be your key message to our listeners? A key takeaway that would lift their spirit? Oh, yes. Beautiful question. And we could all use that right now and and, and at any time, but especially right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. What would be your key message? You know, I would say to everybody that you're exactly where you're meant to be. It's often, it's very easy, of course, as humans to doubt that and question. And, you know, sometimes we don't see the bigger picture and we don't, we may not see the bigger picture till much later, but, you know, your soul is guiding you and it's all, you know, orchestrated in that way. And, and you can trust yourself, I guess, is the other piece, you know, trust your intuition. It's there for a reason. Yes. That's, that's very important and beautiful. Thank you. Well, Erin, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Quantum Living. I will include in the show notes the links to your website and social media so that people can find you and contact you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna, for having me. And I'm so grateful that you're out in the world with your show. It's very meaningful. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this show, please post a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen to it and lift the spirit across the world and the universe. For the show notes and contact details, please go to my website at quantumliving.com.au. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, be well.